Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. This is Justin Monorail, and today is April the 15th, and this is episode 52 of the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. You know, I could probably do this thing alone, but I'm not going to. I'm going to bring in a couple of my closest pals to help me do this thing that we do called the Monday Morning Monorail Podcast. Let's introduce, firstly... Which one? This one. Donald Duck. Donald Duck. Oh my gosh. He's a celebrity. What? We are so glad you're here, Donald. Can you tell us what's your latest project you're working on? Yep. I can confirm that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. This this interview's not all it's quacked up to be. Oh, all right. Boo. <laughs> That's racist. Who's across the table? The kid on the missing flyer. Oh, well, we're glad we found you. Welcome. Please call the police. AKA Garrett and McKenna Monorail are here with us once again. No Samantha Monorail, because today she is spending her time in a park that we shall not mention. What is happening? I don't know. What's happening to our people? They're disappearing. I don't get it. They're going missing or something. She's going to end up on a milk carton. But I have heard from her today, periodically. She's having a good time. But I can quote a text message I received, yay, two hours ago, that said, Disney is better. Oh, Wait, just, I'm glad. She just randomly texted you, Disney is better? Yeah. Didn't, what rights did she say she was writing? I can't say them because we don't talk about that other park Gringle? over there. Gringotto. Gringotto. <laughs> Shrek <Shrek's> Swamp? <laughs> it was Gringotto's. Oh, that's she great. Said, <laughs> she said that she had ridden the mummy and Gringotto's. I can't wait to ride Gringotto's. Yeah. It's, it sounds like a really, really good time. But we're not going to talk about that today. What it sounds we, like an okay time. <laughs> what we are going to talk about is the Walt Disney World Resort, because that's what we're here for. That is the thing that we do. Are you sure? I thought this it was is. Nickelodeon. I'm sure. Are you sure? No, Nickelodeon isn't even at the other park anymore. They oh, shut no. that down. This is so sad. I know. I got to see it. I was pretty happy. Well, I got to see it. I didn't you. even know that that was a thing. Yeah, they used to have a Nickelodeon studio there, and uh, they actually did produce some shows. They did some animation there. I saw... Have you ever heard of the game show Legends of the Hidden Temple? Yes. Nope. Well, it was a game show for kids that used to be on the Nickelodeon network, and I saw the set. It was That's pretty cool. cool. That was a game show I always wanted to go on. I really would have enjoyed that. Why didn't you do it? I never not cool got enough. the opportunity. It was one of those that if you won, you might win a trip to space camp. And, you know, I went to space camp a couple of times oh, okay. without winning it. Flexing so. on us like that? Whatever. I did. I'm a two-time space camp alum. Boom. In your faces. <laughs> I'm, I've am i been in space camp 50 times in my dreams. <laughs> I wish you had better parents I've, that would I've actually send you. I've never dreamt about that. Never dreamt about it. This is so sad. Why aren't we educating him? You should see the movie Space Camp, and then you'll know. That's exactly how it was. 
You might accidentally fly an actual mission to space. Oh, wow. Just by accident. Just by accident. Yeah. Anyway, I say we get to the matter at hand, and that is news in the Walt Disney World Resort. So today we're going to do a two-segment show, not a three-segment, because our M34D is setting sail on a swashbuckling adventure with the Pirates of the Caribbean. And Landon and I had quite a few things to say about that particular ride. you got lost at sea? We did. But we found our way, and we found each other. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) But before we get to that, and, and again, that segment is a little longer than our typical M34D, so we only really need one additional segment today, and then we're going to talk about some news, and then we're going to call it a day. Does that sound good to you guys? Sounds chill. Good. We're going to get started by talking about the Magic Kingdom. And the first thing I was going to tell you is this Sunday is Easter Sunday. And some people love to spend their holiday in the Walt Disney World Resort. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing that, you can meet Mr. Easter Bunny and Mrs. Easter Bunny in the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. Excuse me? That's right. So I've never seen them in any Disney movies. Well, they are going to be showing up in the Town Square Courtyard next to City Hall all the way through April 21st. So, normally, the Easter bunnies are pretty scary. They look like Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, these aren't aren't scary. Um, This picture that I have is not a great picture, but I'll show it to you. Oh, I still don't want to talk to them. Why? These aren't scary Easter bunnies. There's something about the Easter bunny. Chuck E. Cheese. Mr. Easter Bunny's got a beautiful lavender top hat on. I like his top hat. I That's wish very I very nice. That. He looks very dapper. I wish I looked dapper. Uh, Mrs. Easter Bunny is wearing a beautiful pastel striped dress. They look great. I want to hug them both. I'm not a big fan of the Easter Bunny thing or the mascots in general, really. I'm not. Mm, they're fine. Mickey's pretty cool. Yeah. One of the other things that you can do for Easter, you know how when we went to the Flower Garden Festival. <laughs> Flower Garden <laughs> yeah. Festival. Um, you can find the bees in the topiaries. Yeah. They're also hiding eggs that you can find. Oh. Yeah. And so that's something else that you can do a little hunt for in Epcot. So that's pretty cool. Egg caught. Egg caught. Yeah. While we're talking about the Magic Kingdom, I had one other thing that I was going to say about it. And that is not on the list. What? This is devastating. I'm devastated. Yeah. Okay. The, the entire show is ruined. I'm shaking and crying. Sorry, guys. We're going to move on to something else. Let's talk about Epcot. Eggcot. We're going to talk about Eggcot for a minute. And that was related to the retirement of Illuminations. So we actually know that the final show of Illuminations will be on September 30th. Okay. And we have not heard if there's going to be a live orchestra. That's something that we were kind of bouncing around. I heard a rumor about that on the internet, and I don't think that that's going to happen. I feel like if it would, it'd be cool. We would already know about it. But I'll tell you, if they were going to do something like that, I would. I'd be there for it. Yeah, I, I'm still considering going to the final, the final performance. Yeah, even if it doesn't have an orchestra. But starting on October the first, we are going to get to see the Epcot Forever show, and here's some details about that show. It's a celebration of the past, present, and future of Epcot built around the magical soundtrack guests have come to know and love at the park. The new show will feature fireworks, lighting, lasers, and choreographed special effect kites, accompanied by a stirring collection of songs that paints a colorful picture of Epcot. It sounds like it's going to be pretty cool. I'm pretty excited to see it. I want to know what they're going to do with these 
kites. kites. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Apparently, they're going to be jet skis, and I think the jet skis are going to be pulling the kites. Oh, are there going to be people on the jet skis? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's going to be people driving the jet skis, from what I can tell, and they're going to pull the kites along. I've seen some like artist renderings of what this might look like, but I still need to see it in person. Yeah. Special effect kites. That's just a, it's a weird kind of a concept. It also seems a little dated. They're doing stuff with drones and, you know, they've got all these different methods to do really cool special effects during the nighttime shows and they're going to use kites pulled by jet skis. Doesn't that seem a little old school? We don't have a, a show with drones, do we? No, they're not using drones. You know, for a while they were doing a drone show at Disney Springs, like during the holiday season, and it's not something that they're continuing to do right now. Hmm. Well, maybe they're scared of a drone failing. I think the plan, though, is that there are going to be drones involved in the show that comes after Epcot Forever. Okay. So maybe they don't want to use the drones yet? Maybe. They're planning that far ahead? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, because Epcot Forever is going to be retired sometime in 2020, so it's not even going to last a year. Oh, so it's like a... It's temporary. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's to patch the hole. Yeah. It's just bridging the gap between Illuminations and whatever comes next. It would be kind of funny if they purposely made Epcot Forever terrible, (laughs) so that way... (laughs) <laughs> that way people would watch it and they'd be like, oh my gosh, they got rid of Illuminations and gave us this. But then whatever came next, whatever that amazing. new amazing, everybody would be like, at least it's better than that crappy Epcot Forever show. Maybe this is their secret plan. Yeah, it's not a bad strategy. Some of the other changes that are coming to Epcot, we've talked about a lot of these things. You know, the Guardians of the Galaxy themed coaster is going to be, I think at this point, it won't be open until 2021. It may happen near the end of 2020. We'll see. We've heard about the Play Pavilion that's coming to Epcot. We talked about the changes they're doing to the main entrance where they're taking out all those monoliths and bringing in a lot of greenery and topiaries and the new the new old Epcot fountain in front of Spaceship Earth. The other thing we found out are some more details about what's going to happen on the other side of Spaceship Earth. And I don't know if I've talked to you guys about this, so I'm no, really, you I'm really interested in your reaction. So, number one... You know that fountain that has a show that plays music and there's yeah. like choreographed, it's right behind Spaceship Earth and Garrett, and back in 2014, I've got a video of you directing the water as it was coming I'm out. I'm a waterbender. You were a waterbender. That fountain is going away. Why? Why? It will be replaced by a beer garden. A what? A beer garden? Yeah. I actually saw this online. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen this. Why would they do that? That's not for everyone. They're they're yeah. repli- they're replacing the uh, the festival. Well, it's really weird. So there's going to be a beer garden there, and then Interventions West, where they're tearing down Club Cool and um, that Starbucks that's on that side, the Fountain mm-hmm. View Starbucks. It's going to be like a festival center year round. A what? A festival center, because pretty much Epcot has festivals all the time. So yeah. now this is going to be like the festival center. Just right there by the beer garden. I don't know if that tops Starbucks. And then they are putting in something that they're calling a trail of water, which is going to be, I think it's supposed to be like a little maze with fountains around it and stuff. So that might be interesting, but... Yeah. I don't know. I think I think I prefer a fountain. This is why I ran away. Yeah. That's why you ran away. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you're missing. This is why I'm well, missing. So this is funny. Sometimes we talk about change, and I think that pretty typically we try to be pretty positive about changes to the parks. Yeah, I try my best. Yeah, like we, we're pretty open to things rotating out and then bringing new things. It just it all depends on how they're doing it and why they're doing it. 
I think you shouldn't fix something that isn't broken. That's a good point. Well, with the monoliths, I wanted those things out because they're just ugly. They took up space. It wasn't a very warm, welcoming way to enter Epcot and see those big giant rocks in the way. And they're, they make traffic. Yeah, and it creates traffic because they block a lot of, of walking space. I thought they were cool. Okay, well, you, you liked them, but I just think they're a bit of an eyesore. The fountain, on the other hand, was something that people could gather around and watch the show. And I mean, I, I just talked about you back in 2014 directing the magical water fountain show as if you were Mickey with the sorcerer hat on, summoning the water to, to go skyward. And our friend Frank Cardillo from Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz posted a picture on the internet on his Twitter where he was directing the fountains so, as a grown man. So kids of all ages enjoyed the fountain. Everyone liked the fountain. Yeah. It was pretty at night. It would light up. I thought it was yeah. so cool. Like, it's the center of that area. Yeah. And the thing about this is, the addition of a beer garden, what does it really do for Epcot? There are plenty of opportunities to get drinks all around World Showcase. Yeah. It's not like, I don't know. And that's only kids that are t uh, over 21. Exactly. It's not for everyone. So I did ask the question. I put out a poll this week, and I asked people... Let's say you had to get rid of both of those things, the monoliths and the fountain, or keep them both. And those are the only choices. Well... Which one would you do? You know my answer. I know you would keep them both. What I'd do you think? I'd keep them both. You would keep them both? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. We got 40 responses to the poll, and it was half and half. 20 people said they would keep them both. 20 people said that they would get rid of them both. I think the thought process I had behind putting that poll out there was, change is going to happen. And so... I think part of what we have to do is you have to understand that not all the we're not going to agree with all the changes. We're not going to be happy about all the changes, but there are some really good ones, and I think you have to take the good with the bad, you know? But I just worry about, I don't know, the fountain was for everyone, and now this isn't this isn't really for everyone. Right. And I don't I don't necessarily know what their plan with Epcot is, but I'm kind of nervous about it. Well, I think the bigger question is, what's the plan for future world? And yeah. I said this in a response to Frank. I said, it really, to me, feels like they're making future world like a lobby for the festivals. It's, yeah. really, it's really just like a loading zone for festivals. I like how it is now, though. I like how futuristic, yeah. but like um, sci-fi futuristic, though. I like that. I like that aesthetic as well. Disney doesn't seem to be very comfortable with it, and it's why they keep trying to make changes to Future World, and also they still don't know really the direction they're going with Tomorrowland yeah. in, in Magic Kingdom. I, think I it's love Tomorrowland. I do, too. I'm a huge fan of Tomorrowland, but I think that they feel like it's a difficult thing to create a land that's about the future when the future keeps arriving, and then it seems outdated, right? Yeah, but that's kind of the charm of it. That, I agree. I totally agree with you. I, I think you create like a, a fantasy Tomorrowland, like a Tomorrowland that we're never going to have. Like the Jetsons. Yeah, exactly. And that's what you strive for because it still feels futuristic, but it's not something we're ever going to pass or, or like yeah. will become obsolete because it's not going to happen. Right. That's that's kind of how I look like it. Almost like or look at it like um, go back to the whole like. The future will be chrome, and everything will be like robots everywhere, and, and everything's going to float. Be, and the alien are going to be best friends. Yeah, exactly. Do that. That's fun. It's charming to me. Yeah. But 
What do we know? We're not Imagineers. It's like, it's also like reading an old school futuristic book where they're like, in the year 2017, we're going to be flying in outer yeah. space. It's well, just, it's fun. We just had this happen with Back to the Future where we we finally got to November 5th, 2015 or whatever the date was, November something, 2015. We don't have flying cars. But we still love Back to the Future. Yeah, we don't have hoverboards. Well, we do have hoverboards, but I they're know, a little they're different. They don't, they don't hover. <laughs> they're a little different than what we wanted. We kind of have those shoes that, you know, automatically, automatically lace. Yeah. lace. Mm-hmm. They do. They made those. Yeah. They made them just for Back to the Future. Yeah. So, I think that it's fine to play up this fantasy future, and that's what you go after. And maybe they will, and maybe that's where Tron is going to kind of be the key to that. Once we get Tron Coaster, maybe that influences the rest of what Tomorrowland's going to look like. Yeah. Because we're never, we don't believe we're ever going to be able to zap ourselves into a video game. No. Right. Well, maybe one day. But the I cool- mean, you could probably put a suit on. Well, sensors. right, but not like this. Mm-mm. You don't become ones and zeros and actually go into the software. Yeah, you, you stay out here. Yeah. But you know what I was just thinking is, if that is the direction they're going, it plays really well with bringing Wreck-It Ralph into the Stitch attraction. Yeah. Because that's the whole concept, is going into a video game, right? So, interesting. Hmm. That's got my gears turning a little bit. I am a keep IPs out of Epcot person. But go Remy. I was about to say, excuse me, Remy's over but here. But go saying, Remy. Yeah. Only Remy gets to be in Epcot. I think there should be more Figment than there already is. I think there should be more Remy. I like Fig. Figment's another thing because he was created for Epcot. Yeah, I feel like yeah. he should. Epcot should be Figment land. Uh, yeah. I really do. I think Figment should be like the mayor of of Epcot. He should be like you should be able to meet Figment. Bring back the Dreamfinder with the Figment Muppet. Puppet? Puppet. That's what I want to see. Save the hashtag puppets. Save the hashtag Muppets. <laughs> We're not doing it right. Don't tramp, like, stample. Trample? Don't stample. Don't stample trample. my thing. Yeah, don't trample. Hey, just a quick sidebar. You know, they made a big announcement this week about all of the exciting content we're going to be able to get on Disney+. Plus. One of the things they announced was the price point, which I think is super exciting. The what? The price point. I don't know what that is. Okay. Because you don't pay for anything. No price. $6.99 a month. And if you pay for the full year, $69. Oh, for the TV? Disney streaming service. See, I didn't know that's what you were talking about. Yeah. One of the things that I thought was a pretty glaring... It was interesting because it was not put out in front of us. Was a Muppet series. Muppet series. Right now, all of the reports, if you go read what was announced for Disney+, Plus, it just says there will probably be a Muppet series. Mm. But we've got confirmation that there's definitely going to be two Star Wars series. There's definitely going to be a high school musical, the musical series. Are you serious? <laughs> why? <laughs> that, why? And that's what it's called. I actually love it because that's what it's called. High school musical, the musical yeah. series. Yeah. That's it's great. terrible. It's, that's how I would name something. I love it. We're getting Simpsons. Simpsons. Every Simpsons. Oh my! That's is I be like on the, the Simpsons. Or, yeah, I'm gonna every season watch all of it all the time. Mm-hmm. They should absorb Universal and then add them as a separate park. <laughs> so there's your fifth and sixth you, park right there. Universal 
that, that's just Disney's Universal, Universal Islands of Adventure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they just have to throw Disney in front of it, and they're good. Universal Kingdom. That's a way to get around that whole issue with the Marvel characters. Yeah, yeah. Just it's absorb just, Universal. It's just Universal now. <laughs> yeah, it's Disney that's, Universal. That won't happen. Disney's gonna own everything. Yeah, eventually. Um, <laughs> All hell are overlords. I mean, whatever. <laughs> that's what the Simpsons said. They did. They said, "I for one welcome our new corporate overlord." Oh. I didn't know that. Yeah. I belong in the Simpsons, guys. And then, and then Homer got smashed by Dumbo, and it was great. Yeah. Um, he was like, put on the ears, everyone. <laughs> well, I guess I should become a Simpson now. Later. Yeah. Well, anyway, a lot of exciting stuff, but sad that we didn't get any kind of official announcement about the Muppets. It just, things are getting bleaker and bleaker for the Muppets. So now we can say, hashtag, Muppets. Save, save the, the Muppets. Muppets. Yeah. Everyone, Get on your soapboxes and start just screaming. We need screaming. to start a revolution. I don't know why they aren't getting attention because everyone loves them. I'm taking over Disney. Okay. I won't be the new corporate overlord. <laughs> if you say Kermit the Frog, everyone knows who that is. Yeah, everyone knows hi-ho Kermit the Frog here. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Eating sandwich. <laughs> All right. So speaking of things Disney's purchased, I feel like this segues well into the next thing I was going to talk about. There was a special announcement that came out of Star Wars Celebration where they had a Star Wars Galaxy's Edge demo. And really the only thing that we learned was that the Coke products in Galaxy's Edge are going to be in special bottles. And they're going to have Arabesh writing on them instead of English letters. And they're going to make it look like they're like worn and they've been there for a while. It's going to fit into the story. Orb. Orb Orb-like bottles. Orb. Yeah, the Dasani's in a tube, though. All hail the orbs. It's it's more of a tube-like bottle. I say that circle is the... Circle gets the square? No. Oh. Circle's the best shape ever created. I love a good circle. I'm all for this. Go circles. Circle gang. Have you seen this, Garrett? This is what they're going to look like. They look like, like grenades. That's they, what I said. When I first saw them, I thought they looked like thermal detonators, but they're it's, bigger. They're, it's so cool. They're not convenient to hold. If Circles you saw, are the best. If you saw a woman holding it in her hand. It, you hold it with two hands. <laughs> but why would you want to hold a bottle then? Because it's a that, circle. I mean, those look really cool. And I like that it's... It's not English. And this is the only place on earth you're going to be able to get these so, bottles. I actually have a concern about that. So you that. can get them out of Earth? Yeah, in a galaxy far, so far away. So I, I have a concern about this. Uh-huh. I think they're really cool. I would like to buy multiple of these just to have. Um, other people might be thinking the same thing. Yeah. And since they're <laughs> such... <laughs> Go ahead. Since they're such a limited thing, like you can only get them at one place, how much... Do they have? They're probably going to be constantly making them. Well, you see... Like, like they're going to run out of sodas in Galaxy's Edge? Yeah. They're, because they're everybody's going to be buying them to keep them or put them on eBay or something? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it could I, happen. It's going to become a collector's thing, for sure. Yeah. I want to collect a Sprite bottle that's a circle. That's this awesome. This is why we have to go the first day and break in before it opens. Just start fighting the cast members. Steal the soda. Steal everything. I'll Let's just start stealing just stuff. Pick up, pick up Galaxy's Edge plan. and run home. <laughs> I'm going to bust in and I'm going to start stealing costumes. I'll slap all the cast members. And then I'm going to dress up in the costume and I'm going to pretend I work there. Okay. And then I'm going to steal more stuff. Sounds great, McKenna. Thank this you. This is such a plan. You will be going to Disney jail. Disney jail. 
I tried to get into Biltmore Jail, and it didn't happen. So I this might be my chance. They're gonna they're gonna get Mickey Mouse out there to kill you. Mickey Mouse is gonna beat the crap out of me. No, he'll just be like, "Oh, I'm so disappointed." Oh no. <laughs> I just want him to hurt me. I don't want him to say he's disappointed in me. See? Wouldn't that hurt more? It would hurt. I, ouch. I, don't, I think I'm more scared of him destroying me. Yeah. He's going to destroy my oh. bloodline. We did learn something else that's pretty cool about uh, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. So, you know, this mission, not only is it going to affect your reputation. Like, if you do, yeah. if you do well on the mission, then that helps with your reputation in Galaxy's Edge. If you do poorly, then you know it's going to have some consequences. Apparently, like if you if you don't do so good flying the Millennium Falcon, and maybe it gets beat up a little bit on your trip, when you're in the exit tunnel, the lights are going to flash. You're going to hear like things like blowing up, like electricity, like zaps and stuff like that as you're exiting. Um, but if you do really well, then the tunnel will be in really good shape. Like it's going to be affect your exit experience will be affected by how you did on the ride. But you see, I think it would be fun to experience the uh, <laughs> everything's like not not good. Broken. Everything's yeah. broken. It'd be cool if like cast members came out and were like, "What was that?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm very disappointed in you. No, I don't want anyone <laughs> to be disappointed in me. Oh my gosh. I just want... It doesn't seem to work when I tell you I'm disappointed. Well, you see, it's different. You're not the mouse. <laughs> That's not fair. I only take criticism from rodents. The end. What if Remy said you cook bad? No. Oh my God. <laughs> what if he was like Gordon Ramsay and he came up to me and he was like, you're the worst cook I've ever seen. <laughs> you should go back into the hole you crawled out of. I would probably just burst down into tears. Oh, it would be so sad. It would be sad. I'm pretty sure that happens to people like no, their favorite celebrity like hates them. Oh God. <laughs> Remy, please. If you're listening, <laughs> don't hate me. I, I can cook okay. I only burn things occasionally. And burn the house down. There was one time. <laughs> okay, one more thing I wanted to tell you guys today. There is a new bar and lounge coming to the Grand Floridian. So not something that you can actually go to, but maybe when you're old enough, you might be interested. You know why? Why? Because it's going to be in the style of Beauty and the Beast. Oh, that's really that's cool. cool. Yeah. So this is from the Disney Parks blog. And they said... Tie your napkin around your neck because we're excited to announce that a new Beauty and the Beast inspired lounge is coming to the Grand Floridian Resort and Spa this fall. The enchanting lounge will celebrate the magic and romance of the popular Disney live action movie. So it's inspired by the live action movie. That's an interesting point. Same thing. Formerly Meisner's Lounge and Commander Porter's. This reimagined lounge will feature four unique spaces inspired by Belle and the Beast. The signature bar will glow from the light of a magnificent gold chandelier that takes its inspiration from Belle's flowing ball gown with subtle nods to the Beast's, the beast's magical rose. The formal library showcases classical Baroque designs and French furnishings. Baroque? Yeah. That's me. Inspired by Belle with hints of Beast's friends. The garden room will be a whimsical space that draws its inspiration from the enchanted forest surrounding the castle, and an outdoor patio will evoke the romance of Beast's Garden Terrace. The forest is really cool. So what you're saying is I'll feel at home, because I'm also Baroque. I don't know what Baroque means. If it's not Baroque... Don't fix it. Yeah. What does Baroque mean? It's a style. Baroque style. I don't don't know that style. I'll Google it. Okay, fine. Pull out your old... 
No, we don't bing. <laughs> We're a Google house. I'm going to bing it. I'm going to use Firefox now. Just because you said that. I know. No Firefox. I'm going to Yahoo it. Baroque is highly ornate, often extravagant style of architecture, music, painting, sculpture, and other arts that flourished in Europe from the early 17th until the mid-18th century. It followed Renaissance style and preceded Rococo (laughs) 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 and neoclassical Rococo. (laughs) So this is a style that I would enjoy. Yeah, it is. It's very gaudy. Artsy person. Here. Oh, oh yeah, this is this is Italy. This is Italy. France? Except France is what we're talking about. Yeah, here. but this is this is Italia. Same thing. Different places. <laughs> it's basically the same place. So what are your thoughts on that? Because uh the Grand Floridian, while you know, it does have a character dining experience where you can meet some princesses and then of course they've got kind of the Mary Poppins thing going on there. How do we feel, speaking as people who have never actually set foot in the Grand Floridian Resort, how do we feel about uh, a Beauty and the Beast bar and lounge in the Grand Floridian? Well, you know, say la vie. Yeah. You said earlier you're against IPs in Epcot, and this was a non-IP bar and lounge previously. That's true, but is it in Epcot? No, it's not in Epcot, but it's taking the place of something that was non-IP, so I just... But it wasn't like an educational thing. It's a bar and lounge. That I don't really care about too much. Whenever it's like... They trade something that inspires young with, ooh, flashy lights. I'm kind of like, um, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Your mom's going to be all in. Oh, yeah. Well, she's probably going to be into the beer garden, too. That's all I had for today. You guys have anything else to say before we wrap it up? McKenna's final words. Mm-hmm. I don't trust that Chef Boyardee can. It rolled out of the grocery store and shows up at people's houses. It can read minds, and I don't trust it. What are you talking about? Anyway, it's time to take a break. (laughs) Let's head on over to M34D. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Say la vie. Welcome back to the Monday Morning Monorail. This is M34D. What? Two in a row? I know you can't believe it. Neither can I. Landon, I'm so happy to have you back, fresh off your trip to Walt Disney World, and I would love to know your thoughts. But you know what? You can't share. I'm going to tell you to hold off on it. You're going to have to share them next time, because that's not what we're doing on M34D today. We Okay, fine then. We don't have time for that, so keep it to yourself. <laughs> okay. Fine, this this segment is off to a really hostile start, but okay. But I am going to give you an official introduction. Joining us for M34D, as he does, because without him we don't have an M34D, is Landon the Dawsdone. Landon, welcome to the monorail. Uh, it's always fun to be coming from uh, my card on the monorail. Yeah. And, and this is two weeks in a row. It's almost like we're getting back into the saddle again. Oh so gosh, it's... it feels so good. I Oh, excuse me. Yarg, I'd be speaking with a southern accent. <laughs> 
I'm telling you, getting back into the format, it, it fits like a, a comfy old worn-in shoe just just for uh, just for yours truly over here, who likes to say I'm functionally OCD. Um, <laughs> I do like structure and I do like the format, so I'm I'm happy to be back, and I'm especially happy because, as you have hinted at, we are talking about one of the all-time great. Walt Disney World attractions today, especially if you love dark rides, especially if you love water, especially if you love pirates. We are talking Yoho Yoho, a pirate's life for me, Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean. Hit the theme music. I, I'm going to be playing the whole time. I may just crank up a pirate's life for me and you won't even be able to hear us talk because, okay, Grim Green and Ghost. I, okay, I got you. But can't this would be at least be in the top five of all-time greatest ride themes, don't you think? This would be in the conversation, not number one, because we, like you already said, live in a world where grim, grinning ghosts exist. But yeah, this would definitely be in the conversation. Yeah, it would be. So everybody break out the rum, the grog, and uh, go find a redhead, or or don't, depending on where you come down on that. <laughs> we want the redhead. Yep. It's funny to think about this not being a day one attraction, because it's hard to imagine the Magic Kingdom or Disneyland without Pirates of the Caribbean. It's an icon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, in all honesty, in my mind, like, Disney and Pirates go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. And, and like, like you said, it's kind of mind-boggling that this was not a day one attraction. Yeah, it's crazy. It didn't take long. It was open, no, no. It was open shortly after Disneyland opened, and, of course, it opened there first, uh, in, and that was in 67, and then it opened in 73 at the Magic Kingdom. So it was just a couple of years. Um, they're similar but different in, in a lot of different ways. There's a lot of similar story elements, but the settings are different. If you've ever ridden both... You know that uh, the Pirates in Disneyland actually has like a restaurant attached to it called Blue Bayou. And I, oh gosh, I wish we had Blue Bayou here in Orlando because I'm so jealous. That's one of my things. When I go back to Disneyland someday, I'm eating at Blue Bayou. It's going to happen. But yeah, we, we don't have a Pirates restaurant. Instead, if you want to eat near a water ride, you got to eat at the Mexican restaurant in the pavilion at Epco, Epcot. Epco. Epco? Epco. Uh, because you can see the Grand Fiesta Tour go by. but Or, or you can eat... At, I think it's the P- Pinocchio Village House, which you can look through the window and see the happiest cruise ever to set sail. Small world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But no such restaurant for pirates, which is, that's a darn shame. Indeed. But yeah, opened in 73. This is how Disney describes it. Board a weathered barge for a treacherous voyage to the 17th century yar, when rowdy rogues and ruthless rapscallions ransacked Caribbean seaports. Sing along as pirates serenade you with their anthem, Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. Sail past haunted dead man's cove, navigate cannon fire between a Caribbean port, and striking 12-gun galleon. Behold boisterous buccaneers drunk on spoils of plundering as flames engulf the sea town. Be sure to keep a spry eye for Captain Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Ye beware. <laughs> you got me. Edit- Landon is editing my script as we speak. Ah, <laughs> oh, crap, you noticed. And fight on, ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. You don't fight ninjas, but I wanted to see if he was going to pull a Ron Burgundy and read what was in the teleprompter. Dead men tell no tales. I got to tell you. That's, that's a good read. I felt like I was doing Patchy the Pirate from SpongeBob. That was my. You definitely, you definitely had a character going there. I, I felt it. Yeah. 
Oh, Polly, where's me SpongeBob tape? I don't know. But anyway, um, hey, there are a couple reasons why Pirates of the Caribbean is so iconic, and it's part of why we think about it as being maybe in the conversation of the Will West honorary Mount Rushmore of Disney attractions. <laughs> it's because Pirates was the last ride that Walt Disney himself actually participated in designing. Hey. Yeah, he was part of it. So it actually opened on March 18th of 67 in Disneyland, which was three months after his death. So he didn't get to see it open. But yeah, he he was very instrumental in this ride. And and as you'll see, lots of Disney legends contributed to the creation of Pirates of the Caribbean, which is why we have what we have. It was originally envisioned as a walkthrough. Can you imagine that? Yeah, like like again, it's it, it's one of those rides. Haunted Mansion was also originally designed as a walkthrough attraction. I can't imagine either the Haunted Mansion or Pirates being a walkthrough. Mm-mm. Like 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 it just. I understand the ideas they were going for, but my mind just can't process it. Yeah, it's it is crazy to think about uh, because the, because the boat ride aspect of it, I think, is is just. It's awesome. It's it's one of the best things. About and why wouldn't the you ride. have a boat ride? It's a ride about pirates. Come on, y'all. What are pirates riding? Boats. <laughs> Ships, mind you. No, this is Firefly. They're riding boats. <laughs> well, the reason it ended up being a boat ride was because uh, it's a small world was such a success, and people loved the boat ride access of, uh, aspect of Small World that that's why they decided to make this one a boat ride. So thank you, Small wow. World, once again. Um, huh. I would be willing to say that's why this ride has a theme song. Because, because yeah. Yeah. If they were trying to think of, hey, that ride's really successful, what about it makes it so successful? It's a boat ride, and it has a memorable song. Boom. Yeah, and that, and that right there, I mean, that's check and check on Pirates of the Caribbean as well. And especially if they did use It's a Small World as a, I guess, template. Yeah, so once again, thank you, It's a Small World. Yeah. I would say that... This one, um, it's a catchy tune, but I don't think that, you know, if it gets stuck in your head, it's not nearly as painful as getting Small World stuck in your head. Nothing is as painful as getting Small World stuck in your head. I don't know why that is necessarily, but it is true. One of the reasons that this wasn't a day one attraction at Walt Disney World was because, yes, it existed in Disneyland by 67. They absolutely could have done it. But basically, the Imagineers thought, why would people on the East Coast be enchanted and, and mesmerized by the idea of visiting the Caribbean? I mean, that's like right there for them. It's not, it's not as exotic. It's, and Okay, yeah, I mean, it is closer to Florida than California, but come on, y'all, that's a stretch. Yeah, well, and then... It's like saying, let's, 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 let's not do Mexico in, in Epcot, because it's just right down it's the right road over there. Florida. Yeah, right, I mean, you can kind of see it. Well, they could have made, I guess they... Well, if, if Epcot was in Disneyland, they absolutely could have made that argument, I guess. Holy crap, they could have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. So, but by popular demand, uh, it was brought over to Walt Disney World because people loved it at Disneyland. And they were like, I don't know how you can have a Magic Kingdom park and not have Pirates of the Caribbean. And I agree. <laughs> yeah. One thing I think is kind of funny is that we have people that are riding the Pirates ride now. And they're experiencing the ride with Jack Sparrow and Captain Barbosa on the ride. And sometimes, you know, you used to have the, the fog where you'd get Blackbeard on there. You'd have the fog where you had uh, uh, Davy Jones on there. And so I don't know if people picked up on this, but Sam was actually, I think it was, no, it may not have been Sam on this one. She was convinced that uh, Haunted Mansion was actually built after the movie came out. But, That's right. But yeah. you have to imagine there are people who think that about pirates. 
that it was built oh, absolutely. after the movie franchise because they've influenced each other back and forth. And the fact that we have Johnny Depp on there, I, I'm shocked that there wasn't more of an outrage for it. But I tell you, I like the addition of Johnny Depp. That is not the problem with, in my mind, of the modifications that they've made to Pirates. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with them adding Jack Sparrow because, I mean, for better or for worse, the Pirates of the Caribbean movie franchise is so successful. And there are a lot of really cool movies from the entirety of the franchise. And the animatronic of Johnny Depp is awesome. It is. Like, like I, I'm convinced every time I see it, okay, that, that, that could, could, could be, be Johnny him. Depp. It yeah, I mean, and, and there are reports of him, you know, showing up in Jack Sparrow get up and getting on the ride. So, I mean... I obviously the odds aren't in my favor. I'm ever going to see that happen. But every time I see it, it's so convinced. It's like, yeah, that could be him. It's like, I don't have a problem with him implementing the movie into the ride. It's right. not like the, the movie has completely overridden the attraction at all. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's plussed it, um, in my mind, but yeah, mm-hmm. in the magic kingdom. So we talked about there being a bit of a difference in locale. So on the West coast in Disneyland, you're actually, um, it, the ride's located in new Orleans square. So there's a, there's a heavy new Orleans influence in the ride. And, you know, you even leave like you're going through a swamp at the beginning of that ride. And, and uh, this one is much more influenced by uh, Spanish architecture that, you know, you see the, the Caribbean influence um, a lot more obviously. And, and it seems to be, you know, South Florida. You know, that sort of thing. So I think that's an interesting design choice. But a lot of the set pieces, as we kind of discussed, a lot of the set pieces are very similar. Now, there are Pirates attractions in overseas uh, Magic Kingdom parks. But what did, uh, Tokyo, Paris, and uh, Shanghai? Does Shanghai have a pirate? Shanghai does have a Pirates, and it is the most different. Yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah, that's the one with the, like I've watched the video. It's like, holy crap, this is a pirate's ride. Yeah, it's insane. It looks awesome. Now that one obviously was made to be an homage to the movies. I mean, mm-hmm, yeah, because yeah. all the characters are all over that. Thing. They're all they're all there, but man, it's so well done. Um, mm-hmm. it, it looks like even in the video, there are impressive effects that go on on that ride. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there were things that happened that I'm like, how did they pull that off? Like, I would love to see it in person because if it, if it translates that well to a video, man, yeah. blown away. It's a lot. It's a lot more like action and adventure. I mean, I would call our pirates an adventure ride, but it's definitely a more sedate, calm, you know, dark. I would call it a more muted action yeah. where it seems like Shanghai is more like we're going, we're taking the swashbuckle and we're turning yeah. it to 11 and we're breaking the knob off. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's pretty impressive. And it's, I would say, even though it's a pirate's ride, it's like a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. but anyway, one of the things we talked about this a little bit with Trent and Jenny and from the Disney DNA podcast. Nowadays, you got to be a little bit worried about getting wet on the pirate's ride. Yeah, I was I was surprised at that. Like that completely ruined Jenny's like yeah. overall view on it. She's like burn it down because apparently her and her what father in law like like head to toe just got drenched. Yeah. And it's it's possible. I will say when we rode it on spring break, we did not get wet, but we were in the back of the boat, and I think it's a lot more likely, especially when you go down that first. Uh, there's a little yeah, hill that you go yeah. down. And, and when you do that, it's a lot more likely you might get a wave and get, get a little wet. But but we stayed dry. Um, the funny thing I wanted to say was Pirates has added a attraction photo. and Really? Yeah. And I, I'm not sure when they added it, but I know it's been there for our last couple of trips. And uh, this time, I didn't get the, photo, the memory maker this time, so we didn't get to keep the picture. But 
as we went through, I don't know where that particular camera spot is. All I know is I was very interested in something behind the boat when the camera, because when we looked at the picture, everyone is looking in a certain direction. It's almost like that dinosaur thing where they make something happen. So you look a certain way and then everybody in the picture is looking at it. That was happening, but I'm looking deadly focused (laughs) somewhere behind the boat. Like my back was turned. Yes. Like that. (laughs) I don't know why. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, I'm disappointed. You don't know where the photo was taken because now I'm like, what is so, so like, Oh my God, I got to see more of it. The only thing I can think of is I remember being enchanted by, and I've always loved this part. When you, when you first start early in the ride, there's the scene where you've got the skeleton standing at the helm of a ship. Yeah. And they've got the lightning crashing behind him. I think I was looking at that. I think I was turned around looking okay. at that because I was like, I love that so much. I, it's it's simple, but I love it. You know? Wow, that's if, if that's where the photo pass is. That's really early in the in the attraction. It is, and I think it is because I think short. It's either right. I could have this wrong because I'm I'm. This is my memory, and my memory is is not one hundo. <laughs> you know the skeleton that's like. Dead man, tail, no tail. That's talking to you, and it's like before you go down the little drop. I mm-hmm. think that's what they want you looking at when they take the picture. Okay, I think I could be wrong. I'm sure I'll get corrected if I'm wrong. But I well, no, it's it's on a podcast, so it's true now. It's true. That's where it happens. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. Before we get into, because I want to talk about modifications, and then I've got fun facts. But before we get into that, Landon. I want to talk about your experience with the ride. Talk about some of your favorite things about it. Like, what are your favorite scenes, moments, different things like that? Um, you already made reference to one of my favorite scenes. It is that scene where where the skeleton is holding on to the to the wheel of the ship, and you can tell he's like just in one of the most hellacious storms he's ever been through, with the you know lightning in the background and the wind going by. Uh, I'm. I know this might be controversial. I like the very end where you see the uh, the Jack uh, the Jack Sparrow animatronic sitting in the in the I guess throne and mm-hmm. the gold and everything. I like that. Um, and then of course, like you know, when you get into the water and you're going in between the two ships and they're firing at each other. I love that. I it's like, like that too. Like I like the cue to this ride. Oh. Like. Good point. Like I like I don't get me wrong, I'm not signing up and be like, yeah, I want to stand in there for two and a half hours. Let's do it. But it's like the queue for pirates is cool. Yeah, it is. I agree. It's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Just the ambiance and and it really does feel like you're like in this really dirty place where you know some less than reputable characters like say pirates might be hanging out. Yeah. And and I and I also loved there off on the side, there's uh the two people who were caught in that game of chess so yep. long that they're both skeletons now, but they're both still sitting studying the table. I love that. Yeah. Funny you should bring that up. That's one of my fun facts. That chessboard is actually set up to be a stalemate. So <laughs> I think that's pretty awesome. That is in fact a fun fact. I will I will deem that one fun. Yeah. And I I do. I love the queue. I love that it feels like you're in a Spanish fort. Once you go in there, there's yeah. cannons, there's like a like a dungeon. Um yeah. you, you do get to see down, you see the guys playing chess. You get the pirate smell as soon as you're in the queue. When you're inside, you start to get that mm-hmm. musty pirate smell that is in my mind it's part of the reason that I love that ride so much because it has a distinct smell to it. And I haven't noticed the smell. I'm going to have to take a, take a notice of that. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a cool place. And I mean like, yeah, it's cool, but it's also cool. Like cool temperature wise. <laughs> like, oh, thank God. And oh, it's also God. super dark. 
there are parts of the queue where it is almost pitch black, which I think is kind of cool, actually. Especially, I noticed this. We did Fast Pass for Pirates this last trip. There was a point in the queue where it was dark enough that I couldn't see where I was going. Like, it was a, just a short a short little turn, and I wasn't exactly sure where. Like, well, <laughs> well, I hope the path is in front of me. Otherwise, this is going to be a real fun trip. Yeah. So, I love it. Because at, at, as soon as you're in that queue, you are immersed in Pirates. And that's the way it should be. I want you to transport me to that place. I want to feel it. I want to be there, and and Pirates does it. It's got it in spades. Yeah, sorry, I hijacked your conversation. No, no, that's that's fine. I was I was I was done with everything that I wanted to call out because I'm sure everything I missed, you're going to talk about. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> um, yeah, and let's give some shout outs here too. So we talked about the people involved in the design and creation. You know, starting with uh, Walt Disney himself, but also an iconic Imagineer. Mark Davis was very involved in the design of this ride. We've talked about him before. He has quite the credentials. You know, one of the things that I myself wanted to call out was there's a guy that I know you have voiced your love for in the past who uh, was very involved in creating some of the voices for pirates. Who would that be? Oh, would that be one Thurl's Ravenscroft? Exactly. That's like, him. seriously, the coolest name ever. Your first name is Thurl. Your last name is Ravenscroft. Yeah. That's just metal. Paul Fries uh, is actually also loca- located in the Pirates ride. And, uh, you know, it's great. You Oh, I wanted to go back to, you talked about the uh, the throne room scene at the end. I love that, too. I, I really like the fact that Johnny Depp's there, and he's singing along with the pirate song mm-hmm. and kind of rocking in the chair. That's one of the ones to me that, like, especially from a distance, is a pretty believable animatronic. Very much so. And it's like, I kind of felt like adding Johnny Depp and the, pi- the pirate movie characters to the ride almost gave the attraction a more defined narrative. Because mm-hmm. before they added the pirates' characters, pirate movie characters, excuse me, it just kind of felt like, Okay, cool. We're, we're looking at some pirate stuff, and there's a ship battle, and, and you know they're they're auctioning people off. But now they still have that element. But there is a, I guess, a thread that draws you from beginning all the way through the end, and it does end with a sparrow there in the throne room. It's like, I think that's cool. I, I agree. I think that's awesome. Oh, one of the things that that you missed in talking about kind of your favorite scenes, I'll, I will add this one. I love. The uh, the scene in the prison, the guys trying to get the dogs. They the got dog, the bone. Yes. Oh my God. How could I forget that? Trying to reach over. Oh my God. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. Reaching out the bone, whistling for the dog. <laughs> um, I really like that. And by the way, in the Shanghai scene, it's it's very early in the ride where they do that, and they're all skeletons. Skeletons. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I like that too. So what I'm hearing is we need to take a road trip to Shanghai. Yep. Let's hit the road, right. Jack. Cool. I'll meet you there. <laughs> I can take an Uber there, right? I think so. Should be okay. pretty cheap. That's a cheap way to travel. That's what I hear. Mm-hmm. Oh, another shout out for uh, Exitensio. He's something that we, someone that we've talked about before, and he was highly involved in the Pirate's Life uh, song, Yo Ho, Yo Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me. One of the writers and does another great job here. That leads me to some of the modifications. And, he wants the redhead. Yeah. Um, just, <laughs> just a couple of things. So, I've now seen the auction scene with Red a couple of times now. And I'll tell you, it's not as good. It's still good, but not as good. The auction scene with, you know, the the pirate auctioning off the ladies and yes, okay, it is very sexist and it is but at it, the same it's time, problematic. Like, these are- 
pirates, y'all. They are pirates. Exactly. That's my yeah. point. They are pirates. You shouldn't be like, you know, those guys are true virtues of Paragon no. that you need to look up to. No, they're pirates. No. The only thing that I can think of when I think about, like, why it changed. And by the way, in Shanghai, it's not different. It's it's that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the or, I'm sorry, to- the Tokyo one, the Tokyo version. Uh, in Shanghai, I don't even know if they have it. But in the Tokyo version, it is the the... The auction scene's the same. But the only thing I think of is they make this ride out to be like, it's really fun and exciting to be a pirate. And so I guess if you're painting a picture of a a fun character to be or something that kids might want to pretend to be, maybe you don't want to include human trafficking. I, okay, yeah, when you frame it that way, yeah. I could I could see it being an issue. <laughs> yeah, I, and so I get it from that perspective. But at the same time, like you said, they're pirates. You know, another one of the modifications was to switch it. So in the scene where you've got the the, the pirates used to be chasing ladies in circles. Now the ladies chasing. Now the ladies chase the pirates. I'm actually more okay with that one because. Yeah, like, th- that's, that doesn't bother me. These pirates, they're not really good at what they do. I mean, you know, they're they're a ragtag group of misfits and they. they I mean, they're, they're so bad at being pirates. They, they somehow crashed their ship into landlocked Orlando, Florida and got <laughs> trapped in a building. Exactly. Like, they're not good at what they do. Yeah. Let's be so I like it because that too is a little bit empowering. Like, right? Let the ladies chase the pirates. They're chasing them with their weapons and stuff. Great. I, I'm totally fine with that modification. I'm I'm actually, like I mentioned, I'm okay with the additions uh, that they've done from taking elements of the movies and adding it back to the ride because I think they've done it with some new special effects and some different things. I'm totally okay with that. That doesn't bother me at all. But I did want to mention just really quickly while I was talking about it. So Exitensio, right? So speaking specifically about a couple of the changes where the women now chase the pirates, and then they also edited the the pooped pirate so that he wasn't trying to chase after a woman. Now he's just a glutton and eating too much food, and, and uh, so it's a different kind of thing. Uh, apparently, in a book by Jason Sorrell, Pirates of the Caribbean, From the Magic Kingdom to the Movies, show writer Exitensio referred to the softening touches as Boy Scouts of the Caribbean. Really? Yeah. Shots fired. Yeah, that 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 seems like it's a little bit too far there, X. Yeah. So like like really come come down, dude. And and you know, it's it's like I know you said you prefer it the way it was with the red head. It's like I've I've ridden it original, I've ridden it with new red. It's like to me it doesn't really like take away or add anything to the attraction. It's like if, if this was such a bone of contention to people that it was taking away from their fun from the ride, get rid of it. I'm I'm absolutely fine, but it, but at the same time, I just admitted I'm not the type of person. Who's like I was like, oh, this this ruins the ride, or oh, this this enhances the ride. Like you feel like it takes away from the ride, and I have a friend who like every time he goes, he rides pirates, and he'll post on Facebook in all caps, "We want the redhead." Yeah. So so there are still people out there that are still really upset about this change. I'm just not one of them. It doesn't make me upset or angry and it's it's really more of a very like in a gentle way i say i just liked it better the other way that's all yeah okay and i liked i liked the i liked the auctioneer like one of my favorite things was him you know talking to the lady who was up there they're yelling we want the redhead and he's like strike your colors lassie show them your larboard side like i don't know like i just liked i liked the voiceover, I liked everything about it. So I think Red's cool, by the way. I, and, and I think it's cool, too, that you can meet Red. She's like a character that walks, the, especially in Disneyland. I don't know if they've ever done it in Magic Kingdom. And it gives, like, girls a pirate that they can dress up like, which is cool, too. I'm, I'm good with all of that. 
Yeah, she's a kick uh, word I can't say on this podcast uh, pirate. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's awesome. So I don't hate Red at all. I just think if they if they wanted to do something with Red, it could have been somewhere else. I don't know. But okay. that's all. I'm happy. We're all happy. It's still pirates. You still get to sing along with the tune. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, pirates. Love it. It right. is It is required writing. When you go to Magic Kingdom, no matter how many times you've done it, first time, millionth time, you got to ride pirates. Um, yep. they, they get a lot of people on those boats. Even if you have to do standby, it usually goes rather quick. And even even if the line is long, you've got a really nice queue to enjoy. Yep. We already so. talked about how cool the queue is. And speaking of cool, you can get in and out of the heat. So yeah. nobody wants to stand in line when you go to Walt Disney World. But maybe if you go stand in line at Pirates, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Right. You get to ride an awesome ride and you get to cool off. Yeah. And I am pro dark boat ride. It's one of my favorite types of rides. So I think that water is only a few feet deep. That said, don't jump in to find out. You shouldn't jump in. No, don't don't jump in. But um, but I, I hear people sometimes, you know, talk about like it, they they do a pretty good job of hiding it, right? Because they use turbidity and make that water look dirty, and so you can't see the track and all that stuff. But it's not it's not deep water, and uh, yeah, it's it's an icon. It'd go up. We we haven't done a great job of like creating like uh, categories when we when we go through these M three four Ds where we're like this is I mean we usually say um, it's Disney one hundred and one Disney one hundred and one and this one should be yes absolutely this this is a like entry level Disney ride if, yeah. if you want to look at Disney as a whole college mindset or whatever this is one of your entry level classes you have to ride pirates yeah definitely one hundred no if ands or buts and like you said no matter how many times you've ridden it if you're in the park. Get your butt on that boat. Yeah. And if you're ever in Shanghai, get your butt on that get boat. Get your butt on that boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. Do it. We love it. Two thumbs up and a couple of elbows. <laughs> if we had more hands, there, there would be more thumbs up. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap this one up for today. But uh, before we do that, Landon, it's time to sing your song. L-A-N-D-O-Z, please go follow me, Landon Don't. I'm the best, Landon Don't, not the rest. And I'm still not drunk on allergy medicine. Or rum. Or rum. (laughs) Wait, crap, I'm actually bummed out about that. (laughs) Anyway, that's where you can find me, 280 characters at a time on Twitter. I also want to run a website, buttmunchchips.com, buttmunchchips. Sit on your butt and munch, matey. That's where you can find podcasts such as Game of Thrones Talk, a.k.a. Got Talk. But instead of heading there, head on over to the iTunes store and be sure to search Game of Thrones Talk, a.k.a. Got Talk, or just Got Talk. I don't know how you want to do your search. You might be a rebel searcher, searching by your own rules. But anyway, you can find uh, we have a complete breakdown of Season 7 of HBO's award-winning series, Game of Thrones. And keep an eye out on that feed. We should be having a brand new episode to talk about the long-awaited, much-anticipated new episode because uh season eight is here buddy winter winter ain't coming winter's here so uh myself hunter east and maybe cousin kevin question mark will be appearing on that i also have a part of the rnd project with will rab that's where he and i talk about random crap there should be a near fall radio episode of some thing or another breaking down what happened at wrestlemania last week so if you're a fan of the sweet science professional wrestling if you like dudes and uh Stretch your pants, fake fighting each other. Be sure to download that, and that is Near Fall Radio, also available in the iTunes store. All right, Landon. Thanks so much for joining me once again today. Hopefully, we'll see you again and make it three in a row next week. Yeah, we'll see.
Welcome back to the Monday Morning Monorail. Hope you enjoyed M34D today. We're going to keep this segment short since uh, the rest of the show went kind of long. I just want to ask you all to please follow us on our social medias. We're at Morning Monorail on Twitter. We're Monday Morning Monorail on the Instagram. We've got a YouTube page. We've got a Facebook fan page. Go out and like it. You can email us at mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. And you can call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. I did put out an open invitation to all of you this week to call the voicemail in character. Whatever character you want to, just make up a character. I pretty much just ask you to prank call the voicemail. And thankfully, one of you has already answered that call. So stay tuned after the credits. There may be an exciting post-credit scene. Spoiler alert, there is. So hang on for that. But if you guys want to get interactive with us, do it on the social medias. Email us, call us, however you want to do it. Also, follow at Dillo's Diz. We've got to get them to 3,000 by May 1st. And if we can do it, Frank Cardillo himself has to walk the world showcase in Lederhosen with Drunk Stormtrooper. They're going to stroll from Germany all the way to the International Gateway and then make their way to the boardwalk for the Bromantic, I think is what he was calling it, a Bromantic stroll around the boardwalk at sunset. It's something we've all been waiting for, and I think that we need to make this happen, people. So get out there and do it. You're not doing your job as a fan of Disney if you don't make this Bromantic moment happen. So do it. Also, Garrett has requested that you go subscribe to him on YouTube, Gummy Bear Games. He's at 99 subscribers. Help him get to 100. And if you can do that, you can also follow Dillo's Diz. Help them out. We got to make it happen, people. This is a dream situation. And Morning Monorail, the crew will be there on hand to make sure this happens. Maybe we even can get Landon down there and get him a pair of Lederhosen, get him involved. Who knows? We'll all be wearing Lederhosen. We're going to be eating pretzels, accordion music. It's going to be beautiful. We are the villains. Hashtag we're the villains, and we're going to take them down. No, it's all fun, but we are going to make this happen. It has to. Anyway, thanks for listening this week. Next week, we'll be right back. Same time, same place. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings and please watch your step as you exit. <laughs> See y'all real soon. Yes, this is George from the Cargo Shorts Community Appreciation Service of America. I just wanted to say I greatly appreciated your recent discussion you are part of about cargo shorts. We take them very seriously around here. Also, I wanted to say that I wanted to hook you up with a lifetime supply of the khaki shorts. Only in the khaki-colored cargo shorts department, though. The people that color the khakis only come in every third Thursday of every third month. So there's a slight delay in the delivery process of the colored khakis. But I support your full view and your love of cargo shorts and would love to hear back from you. So if you're interested in some khaki cargo shorts or any cargo shorts, please let us know. Again, this is George from the Cargo Pants Association City of America. 
Looking to hear from you soon. Have a good day, sir.